0: This program is brought to you by Grand Valley State University. My name is Jennifer Govin, Goven, G O V E N, and Kelly Brockschmidt. And we are interviewing Erling Smestad. I'm going to need you to say your name and spell your last
1: name, please. Erling Smestad, S M E S T A D.
0: questions what city are you from right? and where were you born
1: right now i live in grand Ra- in belmont on west river drive 5971 west river drive
0: okay. in what city were you born in
1: grand rapids is michigan
0: when
1: 15th of october 1919 right. on clancy avenue
0: with your time in Grand Rapids before you joined the Reserve. And what were you doing <coughs> during high school? What kind of things were you doing with your friends? What kind of school, school work were
1: you doing? Well, the first first school we, I went to was Michigan School up on uh, Michigan Avenue, Michigan Street. And then they was going to tear that down, and Reverend Dehan took that church over, and then we had to go to Coit School when I was about 11 years old, 10 or 11 years old. And uh, that's about uh, my grade school education. Then we went to Central when I was 12, and I graduated there in 1939.
0: Did you have plans for after high school that, that you had thought of? Was there some kind of work that you wanted to get into?
1: I always thought of, of, while I was in high school, I was in the ROTC for about three years. That's uh, because we got free uniforms three days a week. <laughs> and uh, then I, I got in the National Guards in 1938.
0: So before you, you, were, you finished high school, <coughs> you went into the National Guard?
1: I was in the, in the National Guard before I got, got out of high school.
0: Were a lot of your friends in the Guard? Is that why They
1: were all. They all them? were. The whole neighborhood was in the various companies. We had about 15 kids around there. They all signed up.
0: Why did you guys sign up, just to hang out together or? What we
1: hung out. On? We hung around together, yeah. We'd sit up on a corner and watch the girls go by. We'd Stop up there, where all the girls worked in the in the booth dairy and then we swam and we had we'd go swimming at the park and play games sports, football and baseball we'd challenge various teams from the gas house gang the down there, and then the Polish boys and the farmer boys would have a yearly football game with those three groups of boys.
0: Did a lot of those guys also join the reserve,
1: people oh, there was areas? Not, yeah, there's, there's some of them there, but most of them I knew were from the neighborhood of College and Hastings Street and Union Avenue, north of us there.
0: Did you spend a lot of time at the armory?
1: Yeah, we spent, we spent down time down there when we, we could play pool and ping-pong and cards, and there's a small swimming pool there. we go swimming, and we used to have to fight John English, the manager, for making... You said you joined in
0: 1938. What was the process like of signing up for the guards?
1: Just go down there and put your name down and for, sign up for three years at, the, at that time.
0: Did you know what was going on over in
1: Europe at this time? Mm. That's one of the reasons I joined up, so I could get in with, if we did have to go, I I would be with a bunch of boys I knew, you know, and was close to. That's the reason, one reason I joined.
0: Who was one of your close friends at this time?
1: My closest friend? Mm -hmm. Oh, Ray Evans and Bill Calkins, and my brother, and Louis Kane and Jim Verstey.
0: Now, did your brother sign up with the guards at the same time you did?
1: He signed up about, about a month before I did with, with his buddy, the Sherwood boy. Yeah, we had, uh, we had we we hung around together all these years until he, we used to have parties all the time. They eventually all got married, and we'd have reunions with the Red Arrow Club and the Grand Rapids Club, meetings every third Friday after a while.
0: So when did you find out that you were being immobilized?
1: We found that out around, uh, around, I think around August. I think they were talking about mobilizing the guards, and and, uh, so then I quit my job and I went with Bill Sherwood and and Fred Ron, and we took a trip out east for a, uh, about eight or nine days, and we came back, and and we uh, eventually went south in October.
0: What did you do on your trip out
1: east? What did I do for that trip? Oh my gosh! Well, we went visiting. We took pictures, and we went to the Philadelphia Mint. We watched them mint coins there, and we went to various places, parks, and the theaters with some friends of Fred. Fred and their daughter called up a couple of girlfriends, and we was out, went out with them a couple of nights at theaters and Coca Cola stands. So, where did you end up going down south, and how did you get
0: there?
1: Well, first of all, there's 15 people from the supply section and one officer, 15 enlisted men, has been one officer. We throw down a truck, and we and I think that was about the 17th of October, 17th or 18th, maybe. And uh, so we went to Kalamazoo. We got on the train at Kalamazoo. And uh, our group, we went on train down south. We stopped, I uh, think, one, one time. and to relax our legs and stuff, and get some refreshments, and continue on to Louisiana, Camp Beauregard.
0: Did that train lead you to New Orleans? Is that where you got off the train? In what? Did the train end in New Orleans that you took?
1: The same engine. Did the train from, that you took from Kalamazoo, did you guys arrive yeah, in New Orleans? Yeah, the same, same. We went on right, straight down with, on the same train. Didn't have to get off, except to relax and get some refreshments.
0: What unit were you assigned
1: to? I was in service company 126 infantry 32nd division.
0: Okay. so what were you feeling when you guys were traveling down there? Were you guys excited or were you nervous?
1: Well, yeah, we were talking, playing cards and doing whatever you do when you're on a train, look at the scenery. And, and uh, like I said, we got off in, I think it was Memphis, we got off for refreshments and Went right it's been a long time ago. It's pretty hard to remember everything that happened on that train. Well,
0: what was your reaction to Louisiana when you got
1: there? Hot. It, it was October. I it took. I think it took us two. I don't know, two days, three days to get down there, and it was hot and clay and and uh, we had to put the tents, pound some stakes, and you couldn't do it you pound a stake in and you break it and get another stake and finally we had enough <laughs> broken stakes around there to build a big bonfire, but then we got the tents up and s- then we had to count taking inventory of what was there, tents and cots and mattresses and stuff like that a lot of equipment there, they had to be inventoried that was in, laying around there in the kitchens and Every kitchen, they had about three battalions and uh, four auxiliary companies down there. We had to check check the property, and that's about what we were drawing supplies for them all the time and putting them up in their tents and stuff like that. It was about, we, we was pretty busy.
0: Were you able to keep company with the boys that you joined with? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, in in that group, yes. And then they were all from Grand Rapids, mostly from Grand Rapids, except the, the 3rd Battalion was all Grand, 99 percent Grand Rapids. But then they had these other units were from, well, let's see, Muskegon, uh, Big Rapids, Holland, Grand Haven, and the towns south of here, uh, not Battle Creek, but uh, Adrian. They Had a company, and in, in uh, Holland had a company. F- there was in in the machine gun company. They was from all oh, from Grand Rapids, but these other units, like uh, were from sing- in the second and third battalion.
0: Did you guys feel like you got a lot of training while you were in Louisiana, or did you move on from there and? and
1: have some more training in other places oh we, we were there then the, the troops came down around uh, probably 10 days after but they drove they drove the trucks down they, they drove, came down by truck and uh, and they had we had training down there they'd go out and, in the field they'd go out in the field and train and whatnot and uh, and we, we'd just work around the warehouse, draw supplies for whenever they needed them, and requisition for the whole whole uh, regiment. What
0: uh, was the job you liked the most while you were down there? The what? The job you liked the most.
1: What did I like the job I liked the most? <laughs> <laughs> taking taking take, mm-hmm. take the le- weekend leave once in a while. <laughs>
0: what was the worst job you had to do when you
1: were K.P. Washing dishes and peeling. <laughs> that, that, that was the worst job. <laughs> now, what was your daily routine like? When did you wake up? What
0: did you do throughout the
1: day? Gosh, we woke up real early in the morning. I know that. And they'd have revelry, and we had to all get out there and salute the colors when they would put the colors up. And we had to do the same thing at night. Some units had to, had to be out there and dressed uniforms on, but our, our, we were a group of mechanics and supply of people and whatnot, and we would stand as we were dressed, and uh, that that was a real touching moment of the whole day. It was in retreat when they blow retreat there at night, and the cannon would go off, and when that cannon would go off, everything stopped. Every, all the trucks would stop and they if the driver always had to get out to salute. And it was, it was strict way back then, but it, it, it was, it didn't, uh, I don't think they do that much anymore. I don't think there's not as much discipline. There was a lot of discipline then. In fact. If you, if a corporal told you to do something, boy, you you jumped up and you, he says, right now. (laughs) They put the fear of God into you at that time.
0: What were your sergeants like?
1: They were all okay. Yeah, you, you liked some, you didn't like the other guy, but they were all, they were all pretty good. They just wanted for you, if you were Obeyed them. Why they weren't too bad, but if you didn't, why you got an extra job to do. So you said okay, did what they told you to do. But then if we had some time off, why we would kind of slip away once in a while. And they had these uh, bales of hay they used to stuff a a mattress with, and that's what our mattress was like with was straw in there. you don't if you put too much straw in there it was a big bundle and you couldn't you had to put just enough in there to lay on you know and so i remember one time we was around there and we about three or four of us we fixed a little cave in that straw pile and lo and behold they, they're howling for guys to report for a job you know well nobody's around but then all of a sudden the, a, a bale comes off the cover and here we are. We're looking up the sergeant's eyes, and he says, well, guys, he says, you, you, next time you find your own hiding places, this is the place we always used to hang out in. <laughs> so we used to have to search around for a different place to, to duck around. <laughs>
0: Do you remember that sergeant's name?
1: Well, I, I remember a lot. There was Al Sawicki and was one of the guys, and no, I, I and, Oh gosh! I, there's the old timers. They're old timers. You know, in fact, Wickey was a boxing champion in Grand Rapids in in 19 around 1935. He was a tough little bugger. He's the guy that gave me my nickname of Sam when we was down in after we moved over from Beauregard, We moved to uh, to Camp Livingston, and we had. Uh, in Cambodia we had these sibley stoves and once you put a fire in there and the sparks would come up and every now and then you'd look up there and gee whiz the sun's coming through the the, the tent well yeah a spark come on there and that spot got bigger and bigger and bigger it was on fire <laughs> a lot a lot a lot of tents burned down down over there <laughs> then we went to Camp Livingston they had a dead stove in the tent and you didn't have to worry about the sparks there, but Al Sawicki was trying to wake us up one morning. He came back after the weekend pass and hollering at all, all of us to get up and everybody got started getting up. I just laid there and he's funny. he funny. tried to call my name so he couldn't pronounce it. He could pronounce Max like Masterkowski and Tazielowski and and Wilkowski, but they couldn't, he couldn't name, pronounce Smith's so he just cut it down to Sam. Sammy, and then they cut it down to Sam later on, and he says, get up. I said, and he was, he was still in bed. I said, well, you're not up yet. He says, if I get up, I'll throw you out of your, I'll throw you out of your bunk. I said, yeah, he would too. He was a little guy tougher than Dickens, and uh, so he got up and I got up, and when he came over towards me, and and I just kind of put my hand out like that, and I, I just caught him off balance on the chest, you know. And he backed up to his bunk, and he, and he he come over there. He was going to kill me. He said, "Boy, if you don't get up now," I said, "I knew he would." So I I got up, about that quick. <laughs> but he was a real good guy. It's and Then. We we did, He didn't talk to me for all, about a week or, or a while, and Big John was his buddy. Big John was, and Al were pals from way back the west side. And uh, I told John, I said, well, You know, Al, he never, never says anything. He never hollers at me in the morning to get up or anything. I, and So we I was on KP that day, and we, I had to serve the sergeant's table. And I brought over a plate over there, and. and and uh, John, he says, is Al talking to you? Well, he broke out a great big smile. He says, oh, yeah. <laughs> but from that day out, we were still just the same we were before.
0: What kind of training was going on at Camp
1: Livingston? Well, the troops would go out there and go out there with their machine guns and their rifles. They'd go practice their firing and, and uh, maneuver around. And, of course, I was, like I said, I was a supply man. And I, we stayed up in the warehouse and would issue, well, supplies. When the supply sergeant would come up with his armor artificer and whatever they needed, Some, some. Ra- there was a ration section and another section. And I was in the clothing and equipment. And we would help each other out a lot. And uh, we'd have to go to the quartermaster and draw supplies and put them in a tent and call the companies up, tell them that their shoes are in, or their socks are in, or their shirts are in, or whatever they wanted to have, or their stuff. So where was
0: your next stop after Camp Livingston?
1: Our next stop? Well, we we had maneuvers down there with uh, all throughout the South, and we had to go out in the field there for, I guess, we was there for probably a month. And we were fighting the Red Army, fought the Blue Army. And uh, President Eisenhower, he, at that time, he was a major lieutenant colonel on one of the uh, the opposition side there, found out later on. And then uh, well, we had uh, and our supply guy. We would just had to bring supplies up through the lines at night through to the companies. Rations and stuff like that. And then when that was over, we, then we went up to Camp Fort Devons in Massachusetts. And we went up there by train, and our outfit went by train. A lot, a lot of the drivers, they drove up, up there. So we settled up in there. Now,
0: prior to that, Pearl Harbor was attacked. Where were you on December 7th?
1: Oh, we were. Where was I on December 7th? I'll tell you exactly. It was at a little tavern coming home from from uh, a small town and and we was, said well let's let's stop and have one more drink at this uh, I forget the name of the place and so we pulled in there and we looked up there and it looked like there was a riot going on everybody was pouring out of that place and we walked in there was what's the matter and there's the MPs were there This says everybody's got to go back Every, they bombed Pearl Harbor Oh, man, so we had to go back and, and to camp as quick as we could get, and then we had to go down to the to the ammo ammunition dump and draw tons and tons of ammunition to distribute to the troops. And then the troops were sent to oh, Louisiana, bridges around Louisiana, Mississippi, bridges and whatnot, and important places. These other companies were doing that. Yeah, then, then that's right after that, we went up to get ready to go to Europe. We we got up there, and then all of a sudden they, they changed the tactics. They said, well, now they took our engineers away from us, and they, sent, they were sent to the ship out, and they wound up in England or, or Ireland or England. I forget. I don't know where they wound up at. And so we didn't have any engineer uh, unit. So they drafted the engineer unit from Massachusetts, and to join our our outfit. So we had some engineers with us. So
0: this was at Fort Evans? Yes. Now, when Pearl Harbor, they told you Pearl Harbor was attacked. Did you know where Pearl Harbor
1: was? Well, we found out where we knew was in Hawaii, and I, in Hawaii. A lot of us knew where it was from our maps and history, you know, and uh, but we didn't know. Uh, serious then the next day it was Sunday then we heard the president's speech that famous speech we he had there and says you know I, I don't know word for word he said, but he said there's a war going on that's all and he de- de- he declared war then they of course the Senate and House they had a vote on it at that time nowadays the president says well let's let's Conquer that country. We need we we need the oil. I could see a lot of nasty things about that, but whatever. I'm, it might cost me a quarter. <laughs>
0: so where did you go from uh, Fort
1: Davis? Well, then we went to uh, we had a furlough. We, there was a the the Kansas furloughs when we was down south. The Kansas furloughs and. I was ready to go to the Mardi Gras with another boy, and uh, they canceled furloughs. I said, oh, gosh. And so we got up there, and then they, they let they let us, the groups that didn't have furloughs, they, they gave them five days. I, the group I went out with was about uh, five five of us were off of Grand Rapids. We got on the train and took off on the train, and, and we called up some old. Friends, a friend that I knew when she was a little girl, and I came home one night and I said, "Who's who's talking to Helen, my sister? Well, go find out." So these girls talking to Helen were growing up girls, and that was the same girl that lived next door to us way back when. So we we dated and. Uh, uh, Two, two of us went went together with our friends around town here and whatnot. And we we got we we're supposed to be back on a Saturday or Sunday night, I think it wasn't. I I told Ted Urbanski was another boy with us, and I says, uh, I'm not going home on a on Saturday. So let's go back Sunday. Okay, so we called up another guy and he says, Yeah, okay, so three of us we we stayed Saturday and Sunday. We got back in time for revelry. Monday morning, well, then we all got called in the office. He says, "You guys are all busted, reduced in rank." I was the only Ted and I. We was the only a P.S.C., but Howard was Engel was a corporal, so we all wound up as privates. How convenient! <laughs> and when I told him, I said, "Well, we got back for revelry." And the company commander got upset about that. He said, well, your orders were to be here Saturday morning or Sunday morning. Well, I said, we, we couldn't have, leave Saturday night without having a little fun. Well, that then set to put the strange part about it was, when we were going from Louis went up to Boston, well, he had sent his wife up there beforehand, and we weren't supposed to tell anybody where we was going to go. But several, we got up there and several of the officers had wives up there. And we, but we couldn't tell anybody else where, where to go. And so you know how much that secret is bounced to. So then for punishment, we had a Ted and I, we had to be uh, well, we on KP, so our, our supply officer he said, "Well, they're not going to be on KP. KP, so go get them. He got type up some, type up some information." I was the, company, the clerk there at the time, and uh, so I got pulled out of KP, which I really thought that was wonderful, just super. And uh, so we got on a train. What we they use us as runners. I forget how how many trains we had on that Pullman cars, and, and we had three guys to a a berth. There were two guys would sleep on the lower berth and one on top. Well, we and we would they would get a message from there where where we going to stop for a rest stop at the next little town. So we'd have to go back to the companies and tell the first sergeants we're going to stop at X hours and and for so many minutes. Well, every time you did that, everybody's running up there, they running up there to the taverns and one down, coming, running back with a bottle of pop or whatever they had, <laughs> and paperbacks. <laughs> and, and, and the train would pull out. And you could see guys running to try to catch the train. And some of the guys, you never did come back. I, 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 I think there's one guy, one boy in our company that uh, we I never saw after that after but we'd have to go back and then come back and we'd take turns about uh, about that it was it was interesting. We'd stop by there and talk to the first sergeant and take our time going back we'd okay, we got back to headquarters spot, because there was always one guy up there anyway he talked to the supply sergeants and the mess sergeants there and there, and they might have had a little bottle of pop there offer us, whatever. Then we finally landed in, in uh, California, got out. We weren't allowed to go to town for a little while there, but then we did manage to get out a couple of times. We went to one place, they call it the Dog Track, and that was just a little track where an old dog track, and we, I think we was there a day or two, and then they put us up into the Coliseum. Where they had their rodeos and all that, and we, we, step in between the, the benches there, the, our outfit did anyway.
0: Is that what they called the Cow oh,
1: Palace? Like yeah. From now on, while I'm gone. You here, you, you ta-
0: <coughs> How long did you stay at the Cow Palace?
1: Gosh, I really don't remember. I don't remember how many days when we got there and. It seemed like we was there probably, probably a week.
0: Now, was that just temporary lodging because they had nowhere else to put you?
1: No, that was where we. From from there, we went on board ship. What ship? The USS Laurel Line.
0: Where'd you leave from?
1: We left from San Francisco. Do you know when? Yeah, the let's see, uh, April. So we left the twenty second of April. We landed the. 15th of May, I think it was. That was in 1941? 1941, yes. 1941. We got on a little, we had about 5,000 troops on that ship. And the 127 and 128, they were on uh, two other ships about the same size. But the little line, I think, was the largest ship.
0: Did you know where you were going?
1: We thought we was going to go to, well, we figured we was going to Australia just, just talk, you know, and whatnot.
0: Where did you stay on the ship?
1: Well, we, we boarded, we had an advance group going on the ship to assign units, different compartments, and different parts of the ship. And um, we, we, our, our group was on the aft or the tail end. And that was what used to be called the uh, hospital bay. And that, that was a, a two bunk affair. But there was part of us was in there. The other part was just inside. That was a, a, like a, a six bunks there, about that much space between five five or six bunks high. And we, we were in what they were just Two, two beds in the hospital, what the used to be the hospital bed. But the, the ship was right on, tail end was right outside. And we went through the, under the Golden Gate Bridge, and it was rough. It was rough. Did you get
0: seasickness?
1: 4,000 troops got seasick. <laughs> At least
0: 4,000.
1: How did you treat it? We just got, didn't treat it. What could you treat it with? <laughs> Nothing. No.
0: Now this was a luxury ship, previous to was yes, the it, it, So there was, it was still pretty nice
1: inside. Not well. The, 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 some of them had 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 rooms. A lot of the, lot of the, mostly the high rank commission non commissioned officers had rooms down there, cabins. A lot of them, but then there was a lot of them that didn't have cabins. You know, they didn't have for five thousand troops. You know, they had to spread them out.
0: Was the food good?
1: Uh, I guess if you could eat it and keep it down, it was it was palatable. You could you could have it, you could chew it down.
0: Now, did you cross the equator?
1: Yes, we did crossed. You
0: participate in the King Neptune ceremony.
1: They crossed the international date line. Not the, that's not the equator. That's a different line. And we we crossed that. And I don't know if we we gained. We we was the same day tomorrow as it was today, or something like that. I forget how how it's changed, but then uh, they initiated a few of the troops, and out of our company, they took five guys, and you can't guess who one of the guys was. Was it you? Yes, it was me, and I remember, let's see, there was Al Sawicki and and, um, Jimmy Wells, and he was a golf he was a golf pro in uh, Grand Rapids for a good mem- number of years, and myself, and I forget the other guy's name. I think his name was Ray Dodds. And it seemed like there was another one, but I don't remember. But anyway, you, you go, you're in your skibbies, you know, just your shorts on, and you, you go down to what they call a ladder, two ladders on each side go down the back of the ship. And you get down, down down the bottom there, and there's there's on my side, they had a guy with a pair of shears. They looked they looked about that long. And I just had a haircut, I just had a brush cut. <laughs> this guy was, and he would pull up a bunch like that and clip 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 all over my head there. <laughs> and I thought he was going to cut an ear off. <laughs> and else else that side, they had had a guy with with an electric. And they just zipped up up. His head there, and Jimmy Wells had that. And, and so then you, you, you crawl around on the there, the, there's some guys that are swatting you, and they're spraying the holes at you. And, and I, I didn't wave too much. There's two guys there, and they just lifted me up, and they just chunked me in that barrel of water. The big drums of water just chunked you down. And they said, Polly Wagger or, or uh, Shellback. And I, I was watching what there was going on. And they, if you said uh, Polywog, down you went again. But if you said Shellback, they let you let you go. And So I, I was kind of wise to that, but, after, but I had to wait for the guy ahead of me to get dunked. And uh, so he he they plunged me in there, and I said Shellback, Shellback, Shellback. Okay, let me go, Albert he didn't know what he was. He was just spitting water. they down again he won. I think they dunked him about three times before. I said, "Shellback, El sell back so Finally, got wise. They let him go. So then, but then they were, they had guys there with sticks, but they—they they were tired of doing that, so they'd slap you, probably one, just give you one, just, just one little lick. You know, that was about all. But it was. But then they had the queen up there in his court. They're sitting way up above there, and they're, they're, they're all dressed up. He's got a, a rod there with it that shows he's the boss, and these other guys, they're all, they're all dressed up. They're all dressed up. Boy, they're just dressed up something beautiful, you know. And uh, then he would say, okay, let him go, or something like that. they let us go back, you know, change, change get some dry shorts on.
0: <laughs> How long did
1: that take? Oh, it took it for. It took all night. It took all day and part of the night. And these sailors were running around there trying to get guys that dodged that dodged them. and they'd go around and say, "Hey, who 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 missed it?" And you could hear them running around there. And the the, the sailors on board, some of them had never been over before either, so they were getting it too. They 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 got every. I, but they only got a few guys from each unit, you know, instead of the whole gang. But I'm telling you, it was interesting. I uh, some of the guys took pictures, and I got pictures of the of the court court up there and stuff like that. It was kind of fun.
0: How long did it take you to get to Australia?
1: So I think we was on ship 22 days altogether. It Where did you land? We landed in Adelaide, way in the southern part. But that was about the time the Coral Sea battle was going on. And while we was on board ship there, why there was a the they got a note from Tokyo Rose. She says, "Well, she says it's too bad that the 32nd Division was just sunk." I said, "Man, oh man, they must have sunk one of the other ships, maybe or something like that." But they did. They didn't, but they were just telling us that uh, how dangerous it was. But I often, often thought, I, I always thought we saw lightning all the time, and uh, uh, come to think of it, it might have been uh, the ships firing at each other there, but it was so far away, why they, they, were, they weren't even close to us, that close to us there. But we landed in uh, Adelaide, and the wharf, the dock there. and. Then, People, they got big signs on there, a loose lip causes damage or something like that, or bad talk and loose lips. Just don't report stuff, you know. You, that's all you could hear for a while over there because, of course, they were being attacked by Japan. They thought Japan was going to come through the mountains over there in New Guinea and attack them before you headed to New Guinea? Oh, gosh, we was in Australia for a while and went through more more stuff, and we was in Adelaide. Then we went up to uh, Brisbane, and we got part way up, and uh, I think Armidale, and we had to uh, get off because the rails, the gauge changed in every state. There were different rails for the train, so we had to unload our baggage and our trucks and whatever, supplies and stuff, and then we drove the rest of the way. I forget, I don't know how far that was, probably. And we bypassed Sydney and and uh, got into Brisbane, and then set up tents and in the woods there. There was a, no roads, there was a tent here and a tent there and a tent there and whatnot, but they had a warehouse there and stuff. And you get I did much th- jungle then, training there? What?
0: Did you get much jungle training? Were the troops getting
1: trained there? No. There we went to uh, let's see, we it was just in the in the in the woods there of the camp. Camp Cable, they named that Camp Cable after a boy from our company. He was on a board ship. They were shipping some supplies from Bis- Brisbane from the water and that ship got sunk, and he was killed. And so they named the camp after him. He was a he was from Kalamazoo, Gerald Cable. His name was. Yeah, he was a mechanic. And uh, then, well, I don't know. We was there for, for quite a while, and then we went on up. To, if I had that little red arrow book there, it would tell us when we left there, and. 42, 41, 42, Yeah, we left there and we went to New Guinea and then uh, uh, Port Moresby.
0: In Brisbane, did you have any interactions with the Australians? What? In Brisbane, did you have any interaction with the Australians?
1: Oh yes, we they did go to town almost every night. Did you go? Well, to well, town? there was there was there were drivers. There was going towns. Go to town in Adelaide. We went to town and. To, a bunch of times, we went bowling a couple of times down there, and we nobody knew how to score, but we just knew how to throw the how to throw the ball down there and how, how many pins we marked down. We put them in the column. Heck, we were bowling 290, 290 down there. <laughs> somebody told us how to keep the score, they kept score for us. We were bowling about 90 or 100 and stuff like that. But then we, we wound up, and then we had to. From the rest of the time, we had to stop. They'd have an advance party to find a park for us to pull the trucks in. We had, we had just a, a company of guys, and and uh, we pulled in up there. And one day we pulled in up there, and in the morning we got up. There, gosh, you look, there was all snow up there. It was cold. It was all frost. Everybody was frosty. And it was, but it, we get, it was, it was in their winter time, by the way. That was their winter time. We were getting in the fall. And so we finally got up to Brisbane and went to town once in a while. They'd go out and train. We'd just pick up some more supplies and stuff. And then we wound up in, in the, in, uh, Port Moresby there. On a, I think I the think name of the ship that took us up there was a Holland, SS Holland, was just a, like a Liberty ship. I think it was Holland. I'm not sure, but somebody thought that was it. And we Did you got
0: guys know what you were getting into when you were heading to New Guinea?
1: Well, we knew there was going to be some, somebody was going to die up there. We. At least we should have known that. You know, there's a war war going on. Somebody's going to get killed. you
0: guys nervous about landing there?
1: No, I don't think so. No. They didn't get nervous until they went up the front, which I I was fortunate. I never did get up there in in that deal. But uh, the the Japs, we was living on the edge of an airport there, and we had, uh, Tents set up, pup tents set up there, and they had some tents for officers in the kitchen. And uh, then we would, uh, but the Japs came and bombed, bombed. They'd, they'd come, they'd call them old Charlie, Flying Charlie, come over every night. It sounded like, like a washing machine, washing machine Charlie, come around, flying around there, flying around there, and every night he would come, every night. And they'd fire up on the hill. They'd fire the fire at them, and they were.
0: Was this still in Port Moresby?
1: Yes. And then, then we uh, they dropped. We was at the edge of the airport, and they dropped. One night they dropped some bombs, and five boys from H Company out of out of, uh, Ionia, they just came down to pick up some some uh, machine gun parts. Or uh, parts for their guns and and machine guns and whatnot. And uh, a, 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 a bomb hit the tree and shrapnel come down. And and eventually, eventually, three of those boys were killed or died from that. And I had a small piece of shrapnel that didn't amount to a pea size and. And, the, and another fellow that was in our office, uh, Fletcher, he was laying on his back, and he had his knee raised up and it took his knee off. He lost his leg there, and he disappeared from our view after that. He, but he got, he got OK. He was selling war bonds in Grand Rapids here. He had a new leg, and, and he was selling war. He stopped up and called the folks up there, he knew our number and stuff. Yeah, and then, but then up front there was, it was all tougher than the, the, you couldn't see from here to you. My, my brother was, was laying up there and he heard some, if you heard some noise going out there, and you guys didn't know the password, why well, you just took a shot at that direction. And, and he had his rifle aimed out that way, and a guy popped up. Right, looking right at that muzzle of his rifle, and, and finally he hit, yelled the password. And Carl, he's he should have fired right off the bat because he ch- he challenged him and never got a word back, and but he never fired back. And this guy was a friend of ours from Grand Rapids here, and he come that close to be getting killed. But later later on, this this boy he got. Hitting the leg, he, but he he was all right. But he always had to wear a, a large shoe, about that much higher on that leg. He lost. He got shot by a sniper. What was the password? Do you remember? I don't remember that night. But they they always would use the R word because the the Japanese they couldn't pronounce that word, R, with like Robin or. Uh, Ruth, Ruth was a password at one time, and Robin, and I can't—I remember what some of the others might be.
0: Now, when you were hit with shrapnel, was this the first time that you've seen casualties?
1: Well, that was a, we well, yeah, because they, the other troops hadn't flown up there yet. But they, I went up to the hospital there, and it looked like my whole side was ripped open because it was—it burned, you know—and I just. Rubbed it, and it was, I had blood from head to, all the way <laughs> up that way. <laughs> he said, my gosh! He said, "It's a Fletcher got hit." And I went over there. and said, "But you're hit too. home. Oh, I he got all. He got just jumped up, and he it was crazy. But I, it was okay. I went to the medics and saw these other guys and laying on the machine on the table being operated on, and that was it. Was a pretty bad." This one boy was, from, I think it was from Wayland. His name was Ambrose. Ambrose was his name, was one boy. And the other boy's name was uh, Lister B. Sitz, S-I-T-T-S. I remember Sitz because he was the armorer armor for the each company. And he was a little short guy. He was come down when we was in camp, other camps, and he would come down there try to promote a little extra. I, I said, no, sis, you get out of here. you got, you got all you got coming, now get going. <laughs> he, he'd fight for more. They would, they, they'd always fight for more. And we'd go down to the quartermaster. I mean, we always wanted to get, we'd have so many pieces to bring back, or clothing or shoes, we want five more.
0: Now, were you in charge of giving out supplies?
1: Was well, that what you were doing yeah we we had we had to keep records of record of whatever we give out, yeah, and they had a sign for it
0: and were you told how much you could give out to each company
1: yeah, we knew how much a t o d was like they had so many people they got so many pairs of shoes or so many of this, and so many of that, so we knew how much they were allowed, and they'd come back because they got. They got so many men, they get one per man, with that's so well Yeah, we got some extra guys coming in all the time. No, yeah, get out of here. Where did your orders
0: come from?
1: They they would send in what they wanted and what they needed. Then we'd check it out, and then we'd go down and draw it, and then we we knew they were over. over. Well, we just, he said, we ordered 50. I said, we only got 47 people there so you, you only get 47ers. It was, everybody was trying to, you know, they, it, it's a thing where you want to help your troops, you know. But we were, we were pretty good at that, too, down the division there.
0: What were your orders from the time you were injured? After that, where did you go from there?
1: Well, we 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 were there for a while. We were there for a we we was always there till he came back from from the up front there. Yeah.
0: Was this at the time the Battle of Buna was going
1: on? Yes. Well, I never got up at that battle, but we got up up the, near the rest of them with our supplies. Forward, we had forward dump. At
0: this time, did you have any idea what was going on in the home front or what was happening with your
1: parents? Were you able to keep in contact? Oh, yeah. We, we would, guys would come back and we would hear about it, go down to the airport. We had to load supplies up at the, at the airport, load the planes up. And then when the troops was marching, 2nd Battalion had to march over the trail, over the mountain. And I got a letter of this Nelson Wickley. I got his, his uh, diary of, of uh, what happened on that, and I I don't know what to <clears throat> let somebody see that. I don't think I could publish it myself, because it isn't. But then the, the only part about it is he never, he would just see a, a guy this, and we never put any names of people in, in that writing that he had. It's in his own handwriting. He must have, he did that probably when he came back. Or I mean, when he came back from there. And, Sent it out. Yeah, he was a good old boy.
0: Did you have much help from the natives while you were in New Guinea?
1: The natives were great. They called them the angels of mercy up there in front because they would take these prisoners and, I mean, uh, wounded people and and carry them back to the aid stations to get patched up and whatnot. And they were. Really great, yeah. As a, yeah, they was really great. They'll they'll always talk about that. Every every boy that was up there talked about those guys. Yeah, but then when the campaign went on, they were just just by luck that they. Oh, of course, the the, the Jap, to begin with, the Japs were cut off to begin with. They had they had to the blockade down. They couldn't get any re- reinforcements at all, and they were just blocked in there. Well, why they had to continue the battle is it's in the papers that came out after the wars. Why, it was unnecessary to to go up there. They had them blockaded up. They couldn't go anyplace. They couldn't get off the island, but that's the way the army runs. Uh, whatever.
0: Did you have any direct contact with the Japanese while you were at Port Moresby?
1: No, no.
0: Now with the natives, J- did they help deliver any of the supplies that you were giving out?
1: Oh yeah, they, they were, they were, they were great. We didn't down there. We didn't need them because we had enough people down there to, to load and unload the planes.
0: How were you able to talk with them?
1: Oh, we didn't interact. have much. We didn't have much. We didn't have much uh, in between. Didn't have much at all. So how long were you at? Port we we could use some words. That they, some words that I, I can't remember just exactly what words we used for that. You knew what money was was and what food was and some words like that. So that's it's yes, all you know is, is money and food. Well, that's what else do you have to know
0: during this time where were you sleeping how were you taking showers what were you eating
1: well we we had a big 50, 50 gallon drum up there and just run run water <laughs> but we were we were able to go out to swim and, uh, but it was kind of dangerous for those rocks out there and the coral out there and it wasn't there's always those there was fish out there and sting, sting fish or whatever, stuff like that. But the swimming wasn't the best thing to do. We could just go out there and, wa- and wash, or clean up a little bit better than that 50-gallon drum there, spraying down on it. Yeah, I got some pictures of that, I guess. I you might have seen them, I don't know.
0: Where did you go after Port Moresby?
1: Where did we go? We didn't go anywhere. There was nothing there except some old buildings there, but now now it's a modern town. No, after you left there, where were your next orders? Oh, then Then we went back to Australia. We had more training down there. We went back to uh, Brisbane, and then uh, we went. We had a couple, we had some leave time, and we went to different towns around there that we traveled, went on our way up there. We went to where they met acquaintances and went back down there again, and I went to South Grafton, and with, with uh, three four of us went down there, and we f- slept in a hotel out on the porch. They closed the end of the porch off, and they put two beds in there. Well, they had a bed inside, then the, out on the porch, they put uh, 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 two beds out on the porch there. And another boy and I slept out there, and two other fellows slept in the bed there. I, I, come in, <laughs> I come in one night, and the door was locked. I, I shook the door, and I said, hey, I says, it's, it's Sam. Well, Combs, Combs was there. We called him Duck, and I said, it's Sam. He says, who's there? He says, me. OK, so he let, said, let me in. I'm shaking, shaking the doorknob, and all of a sudden, the doorknob from the inside, fell on the floor. <laughs> and so I just pushed the door open. Well, he had a friend in bed with him, that's why he didn't want me to come in. <laughs> Did you mean <meet>
0: anything? <laughs>
1: don't put that on there. They don't put that on there. <laughs> Can you cut that off? That's up to them to, for when they put it together, when they put the show together.
0: Now, how long? Did you have any relationship? Did you meet people there? Were there friends from when you were home? Did you well, these, have any these,
1: girlfriends? These, these boys here? These boys, you mean?
0: Did you have a girlfriend while you were there? Did you meet any of the girls in Australia? Oh,
1: we met a girl the first night we were there. And uh, they they had a, some kind of a carnival in town. It was South Grafton. It was a small town like Rockford, maybe. And uh, it was a pretty town. And we went to a bar, and they were rationed with their drinking. And so we were drinking. I forget. what we, was, we were drinking, having some highballs or something. And and this young couple that was running the bar, man uh, and his wife, and they says, "Well, we ran out of what we were drinking." And says, "Well, they says we got a we got a bottle of rum here." And I, I, heard it, rum and coke, you know, and uh, so we says uh, we'll we'll buy it. Okay, so we bought the bottle of rum. And out uh, of the corner of my eye, I looked in there, and there was a, there was a lady sitting around the corner there. So we we went outside and opened that bottle up, and this one boy took a drink out of, it. wow, and I took a drink out of it. it just it felt like that shouldn't be on there either, but it felt like it was a a boiler maker going down and when it hit the bottom it seemed like it exploded. Bam. But we had that bottle in our yeah, well I, I saw this other girl there and I started talking to her and we visited a little bit, you know, and found out where she lived right up there not too far away and we walked her home and these other guys they disappeared and, so I met her that night, and a couple more nights, and we was gone. I said, I think I'll stay here for a while, because while we were there, there was a boy, he was AWOL for a while. <laughs> He'd been there for a month already. <laughs> I said, I'll, I'll do the same thing.
0: Well, you mentioned training. <laughs>
1: I hope I'm confident. We gotta tell you guys looking at this kind of you guys can look at and just kinda look at each other a second and you guys talk. (laughs) Thank you, Mr. Semester,
0: and happy Veterans Day.
1: The preceding
0: program is copyrighted by Grand Valley State University. Visit us at GBSU.edu.